money is not a make good decisions and you're going to be wealthy. No, that is not how the United States works. Okay. But if your heart isn't right with God, if you are not aligned with God and trying to bring his kingdom here on earth, if you are not aligned with God and trying to do his will here on earth, there is a reason we pray the Lord's prayer to do your will here on earth, Lord, because most people don't do his will here on earth. So if your heart is not aligned with God, why would he give you the five talents or the two talents? Why would he trust you with worldly wealth? Why would he do that? This is the Money Minister Podcast. I bet you thought I'd be a man. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan, and I'm a financial coach and minister in training. I firmly believe that Christians shouldn't have money worries. This podcast is about keeping money in its place as a tool and not allowing it to rule your life. I challenge conventional beliefs we Christians have about money and use the Bible as my source of absolute truth. Join me. Let's work together to keep money in its place as we follow Jesus with our whole lives. Welcome to The Money Minister, episode three of season two. Over the last week, something that I created really blew up. I created this little PDF with a bunch of Bible verses called Biblical Money Principles for Christians. One of my clients asked me for it in financial coaching, asked me to put my thoughts on paper and send him something. And so I did. I did. And I thought, okay, well, maybe other people will want it too. And it, a lot of people wanted it. A lot of it sounds like this is not something that people hear from anyone other than Dave Ramsey, really. So I created it. It's out there. If you want it, I have a link below. And this whole podcast is going to be about biblical money principles for Christians. If you don't know anything about me, let me tell you, I am studying to become a minister. I have read the Bible through about 20 times, start to finish, and done multiple studies on different books. I am taking a course on New Testament survey, so going into the context and who wrote which books, when, why, what was gotten out of those books, a really in-depth study of the Bible. And in the last year or two, I've been reading the Bible with an eye toward, because I can't ever turn my brain off, an eye toward what does God really have to say about money? Uh, when I took Financial Peace University, and every time I've run Financial Peace University, I get kind of really annoyed at when Bible verses are taken out of context, because I'll tell you what, it couldn't mean to us now what it didn't mean to them then. So I like to know the context of everything that was written in the Bible, even the genealogies. And I really try to make sure that anything that I say, anything that I have implied, any part of my life that I am basing off of my understanding of God and my talking to God prayer or my reading of the Bible or discussion with other Christians, anything like that or revelation from God himself, anything is based on truth and is extremely consistent with his number one resource, other than the Holy Spirit, that he's given us, which is the Bible. So I like to be, not in a super legalistic sense necessarily, but you know, it's kind of okay to be legalistic on interpretation of the Bible. So I like to make sure that it is all consistent and it is all correct. So here's what I've found. Here's what I found. 
the Bible has a lot to say about money, a lot, a lot more than you would think. And most of what the Bible says about money is not about necessarily how to manage money, but money's place in our lives. If we trust God, money has a place. You can't escape managing money. People have tried, you know, they've, they've become monks. They have, they've tried to just escape managing money. They've offloaded it. It's uncomfortable. It is a tension in our lives. And we as Christians are told often, at least I was when I grew up, if there is something that's causing you to sin, flee, go the other direction, try to get away from it. And so we as adults grew up, or I grew up, understanding that money can cause me to sin. The love of money can cause me to sin. And so I tried to avoid money until it caught up with me and I was in debt and I didn't know what to do. And to this day, money is emotional. And it's something I've worked through myself and continue to work through. And it's something that I work through with other people. So God has a lot to say about money. And the number one thing that he says is money cannot take my place. Money cannot take God's place. And your heart needs to be right with God. Your heart needs to be aligned with God in order to manage money properly. Because money can get you a lot of things. It can get you power. It can get you hedonistic pleasure. It can get you higher self-esteem if you have a lot of it and low self-esteem if you don't and you let it affect your self-esteem. It can get you friends. It can get you a lot of things. And what God wants it to get you is treasure in heaven. What God wants money to get you is a better heart toward God. Now, God thought that there was nothing wrong with money if it was in the right place in your life. I mean, he blessed Abraham exceedingly. He blessed Isaac exceedingly and Jacob. And throughout the Old Testament and the New, you see that God has blessed people, blessed, blessed from God with wealth. And the reason he blessed them with wealth was so they could do the right things with it. And because he trusted them with it. And because he trusted their heart that the wealth would not turn their hearts away from God. Okay, that's the whole, I'm kind of going on a rant here, but that was the whole application of the rich young ruler in the New Testament who went to Jesus and said, I've followed the Tanakh, I followed uh, the scripture my entire life. I have not done what's evil. I have done my sacrifices. I've, I've done all these things. Will I go to heaven? And Jesus says, you know, what else am I lacking? What else am I lacking? And he kind of, you know, he was, I'm not sure how authentic and and how earnest he really was. He might have been earnest. He might have been, or he might have been trying to trap Jesus. Let's assume the best. Let's assume he was earnest. And Jesus said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. He said it to that man. Not to all of us. He said it to that man. And it's because Jesus can see your heart. That man's heart came up. He had youth. He had prestige. He had power. He had wealth. And he was going up to Jesus and saying, what else do I need to get into heaven? And God said, Jesus said, fix your heart. Fix your heart. 
And the way to do that is to give away your wealth, which is giving you your prestige and your power. Fix your heart. Put me first. Put God first. And all of a sudden, you will have treasure in heaven. You will be able to follow me. If you fix your heart and follow me, then you'll be in heaven. That was his answer. That was his answer. So we as Christians, we look at a lot of things in the Bible and we misinterpret them and say, money is the root of all evil. Well, no, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's about your heart. We look at a lot of things and say, if a Christian is wealthy, they must not love God because they're not giving to charity enough. We will always have the poor among us. We always will. And who are you to judge whether they are following Jesus well or not? They know it. It's between them and God. Stop judging. Fix your heart. Take the plank out of your own eye first. Okay? Christians, I have been called as a minister to strengthen the church and address this money issue. Because money is a thorn that is choking out the word of God. Money is a worry in most people's lives because, A, we need it. We've been told to run away from any temptation. We have been told most of our lives to just flee when anything causes you to sin. And you cannot flee money. And so we try and then we worry because we're not we're not stewarding it well. And we worry and worry. And all of a sudden, those worries are cho- choking out our relationship with God. And we say, God isn't blessing me. God doesn't have my back because now here I am in this horrible position. And I am not here telling you that all of your money woes are due to your own decisions. I'm not telling you that. I have met with enough people who have horrible things happen to them, who have been taken advantage of, who have medical debt, who have been through the ringer to know that money is not a one-to-one, you know, you you follow God and you're going to be blessed. No, that doesn't happen. Money is not a make good decisions and you're going to be wealthy. No, that is not how the United States works. Okay. But if your heart isn't right with God, if you are not aligned with God and trying to bring his kingdom here on earth, if you are not aligned with God and trying to do his will here on earth, there is a reason we pray the Lord's prayer to do your will here on earth, Lord, because most people don't do his will here on earth. So if your heart is not aligned with God, why would he give you the five talents or the two talents? Why would he trust you with worldly wealth? Why would he do that? Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saberstreet.com slash group financial coaching. Let me tell you a story that is in the Bible. I'm going to paraphrase. So Abraham, we can get a lot of good lessons from Abraham. He was a, he was a man of faith that says in Hebrew that his faith saved him, right? He was a man of faith, but he wasn't perfect. And Abraham 
had a lot of wealth at one point. He had his son, Isaac. He was an old man. God had fulfilled his promises. God had said, you see the stars in the sky? Your descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And God fulfilled his promise that Sarah would give him a son and he would name him Isaac. And when Isaac was a boy, God said, go sacrifice Isaac on on a mountain for me. Go sacrifice your son to me. Now, he had blessed him with a bunch of stuff. And Abraham, at one point before Isaac was born, said, you've blessed me with a bunch of stuff. Who am I going to give it to? You know who's going to inherit it? My servant. Are you going to give me a son or not? And then he tried to have a son. He went and his wife, Sarah, said, go sleep with my servant, Hagar. And so he had Ishmael, and we know their descendants now. So he tried. He tried to fulfill God's promises himself. And God said, no, no, fix your heart. And at one point, he said uh, to Abraham, we're going backwards in time now, okay? Before Isaac, before Hagar, before all that stuff. Hey, go save some people, okay? Go save some people. They got captured, lots with them. And go save Lot and his family, all right, would you? And so Abraham goes and captures Lot, kills a bunch of people, I'm pretty sure, with his company, and has a bunch of stuff. And he gives it back to, I think it was the king of Sodom. And But don't quote me on that. I'm not entirely sure who he gives it back to. So he gives it back to the people. And his, his company takes their share, and he gives 10% of it to Melchizedek, the priest of the Lord and and king of Sodom. Was it Sodom? King of... Anyway, so king of something. But he doesn't keep any of it himself. He doesn't keep any of the spoils because he's like, well, God will provide for me and my heart is right. I did what God asked me to do, but I didn't do it for the stuff. I did it because of Lot and I did it because I love God. And so lest you say that I made Abraham wealthy, I'm giving it all back to you. So so Abraham, over time, he proved that God could trust him with wealth. And then after some trial and error, he proved that God could trust him with his son, with descendants. And he proved that he had faith in God. Now, here's how he proved that he had faith in God and God was number one. Coming back to the story of Isaac. God asked Abraham to go sacrifice his son Isaac on a mountain, sacrifice a human being on a mountain to to the Lord. And if you know anything about God, how horrible, right? How terrible. No, God does not take human sacrifices. That is not the God we serve. So Abraham, not really knowing this, he thought, okay, well, I mean, he's the God of the universe, so I guess I'm going to do what he's what he's said to do, he takes his only son, who he's all of his eggs in one basket here. He's sent off Ishmael and and Hagar. He has one son with him. He takes his dearly beloved son and he packs everything he needs for the sacrifice, except for, of course, an animal and climbs up the mountain. and, And Isaac on the way up even asks him, daddy, where's, where's the ram? Where's the, where's the animal we're going to sacrifice? And Abraham, I'm sure with tears in his eyes and not really looking at his son's face says, the Lord will provide. And he gets up on that mountain, they build an altar, and then he binds his son Isaac up with ropes. 
and puts him on the altar and takes the knife in his hand, is swinging it up, is about to kill his own son to prove how much he loves God, how much he's putting God first in his life, knowing full well that that God told him all of his promises will be fulfilled through his son Isaac. He's swinging the knife up and an angel appears and says, stop, stop. Okay, you've proved it. You've proved it. Stop. Unbind your son, Isaac. Do not kill your son, Isaac. Turn around. I have a ram over there. Sacrifice that. And so he does. He he doesn't kill his son. He takes a ram and he sacrifices that with his son. I mean, how traumatizing for Isaac, right? That's okay. That's a story for another time. I'd, I'd be traumatized. And so... Abraham proves that he has faith. He proves that his heart is right. And he proves that his heart is right through obedience. Faith is proved through obedience. So where are you today in your faith? Where are you today in managing your money? Where is your heart today? The rest of the, I'm going to do a series on biblical money principles for Christians. This is the very number one thing. This is your foundation is where is your heart? And I could bring up hundreds of stories from the Bible about getting your heart aligned with God, really trusting in Jesus, really trusting that God's power is going to bring you through. I'll tell you an, another story, very personal. It happened in the last couple of weeks here. One of my clients came to me because he saw that I was a financial coach who really, I don't know why I say it like that, financial coach, financial coach who really trusts in God. A lot of my social media stuff is about it. If you don't know, I I run a company called Saver Street and I'm a financial coach in that company. Anyway, so he came to me because he was having a lot of trouble with his finances and he wanted somebody who he understood relied on the Bible and relied on God and tried to do what God was saying. And I challenged him. When we met, we he wasn't making very much of an income. He owned his own company and been there, done that, and doing that now. And we sat down, we talked. And in our first meeting after he signed on in his onboarding meeting, we started figuring out where his heart was. What were his blockers? Where was his heart? And had he asked God for help, had he asked God for forgiveness, had he turned his heart to God, that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing. Now, of course, I'm not, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel, but God gives you what you need. God will give you what you need. You have to do the work, follow him, let your faith be shown through your works. And sometimes it helps to have somebody else there along the way. So I challenged him and I said, turn your heart to God. That is what you need to do. And then ask God to help. You know what? That man brought in $25,000 in the next two weeks, $25,000 in his business. And he had in contract another $30,000 coming in. And that was, he, he did the work. He turned his heart. He asked God for help, and then he did the work. So where are you not trusting God to have your back? Where are you trying to fulfill God's promises yourself, like Abraham did with Hagar and Ishmael? Where has God promised you something? I mean, here's this tension. You have to do the work 
You definitely have to do the work that God has put in front of you to do. Go do that work. But you also need to trust that God has your back. God's going to help you. And if your heart isn't aligned with God, well, you're not going to accept God's blessings and you're not going to do the work. So get your heart right. Get on your knees. Pray. Pray the Lord's Prayer, which includes forgive me for my trespasses. All right, Christians, that is your application. I have gone on a rant. I have done a little preaching, it sounds like. I will follow up with the next two principles are find God's plan for your life, how to actually find that plan, right? Then actually it kind of flows. Then the next one should be do the good work God has put in front of you. We'll get into that a little bit deeper. Then the next one, plan for the future. That is all over the Bible is planning for the future. That's why we budget guys. And then the next one is plan to give. That is in the Bible. Plan to give. Your plan should include giving. So, okay, guys, your application this week is to align your heart with God. Get your heart right. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. That means people put money first and that's evil. So put God first. Where are you not putting God first? Ask him for forgiveness and ask him for his strength and his help to put him first. I will talk to you soon. This is the money minister. Pray for me. I'm going through courses. Okay. (laughs) All right. I will talk to you in the next podcast. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.